everybody, and welcome to another episode of Grey's Academy. You have two of your favorite Grey's Anatomy hosts in the whole world. My name is Kelsey. And my name is Carmen, and it is a beautiful night to podcast. And let me just tell you, we've already had... What a what a day it has been. What a last maybe hour and a half it's been, just with life. Uh, a little peek behind the curtain here. So I get home from work, fully ready to jump into recording. And my wife has vertigo, so I need to take care of putting my daughter to sleep and do the whole bedtime routine, which is like bath, lotion, changing clothes, washing face, brushing teeth, reading a book, everything. And then, so okay, fine, cool. I grab some food and uh, come down here to record. And my dear friend Kelsey here <laughs> says that she is on uh, some <laughs> sort of dating app for moms. She says Tinder for moms. And I'm sitting here inside screaming, but externally trying to be very calm, right? It's not, she's not looking to date people i was she's looking to find friends i was communicating poorly it's an app where moms can meet other moms but like it's like a swiping thing and i never did a dating app so i was like carmen look i'm on this dating app for moms i'm like like i'm meeting and he was like why and i was like so i can have friends and he just stared at me and i was like i and he was like are you and michael gonna get divorced because I am dumb and did not realize that I was explaining it so poorly. Well, I'm just sitting here and we t- listen, Michael and Kelsey are some of my best friends in the whole world. And Kelsey and I talk once a week professionally. So yeah. and like, like pretty much daily about everything else. So Right. So anyways, that was a fun that was a fun roller coaster <laughs> of a journey. Carmen that we've a gone wee through. bit of a heart attack. And all on the anniversary of like our honeymoon to Europe, like four, <laughs> four, three years ago, we were in Europe. Four years ago, four years ago, we were in, um, we went to Buckingham Palace and we saw Changing of the Guard. And I got a, uh, an English Krispy Kreme donut, which was fantastic. Oh, that's right. Was today. Good Anyways. times. So any, any other things that I think uh, that you think the, the listeners need to, to know about or hear before we jump into this, this episode? Um, let's talk about the promo. Let's do that. And before we do that, make sure to hit that like, subscribe, five-star review button, uh, follow button wherever you listen. If you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to hit that five-star button and leave a written review. Uh, we actually have one that uh, we'd like to read today for you in just a moment. Uh, and also, if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to hit that follow button and that five-star button so you can get the latest episodes to uh, to show up on the top of your news feed every time you go to Spotify. But this one here, this is from Canada. This is from iTunes Canada from Sinister Soup 1307. Five stars. Title, love this podcast, exclamation point. I listen to five other rewatch podcasts for various shows, and Grey's Academy is by far my favorite one. Also, shout out, they spelled favorite with an O-U uh, as a typical... Canada. Uh, well, well-spoken Canadian should love it. Grey's Academy is by far my favorite one. I legitimately feel like I'm hanging out with y'all when I listen to each episode. I love hearing Carmen's predictions each episode and amp. I don't know what that is. So I, oh, uh, each episode That's and just coding. Oh, it's an amp. Um, <laughs> I got it. Uh, 
Kelky's reactions, no matter how right or wrong his predictions are, LOL, some predictions are so wrong but could actually work, which is which just makes me laugh harder. Y'all are the absolute best. Keep being you, heart emoji. Thank you. Thank you, Sinister Soup 1307. Um, also, you said Kelky, which is so funny. I know. I'm sorry. Kelky oh, is how sorry, I know her, but Kelsey is how you all know her. She's got two personalities. <laughs> two is putting it mildly. That's fair. Her podcast um, personality, that's, that's Kelsey. Yeah. I think we might have some new friends... We have we we've got some new friends on our top ten for uh, for out of the country. Um, so if you're Ooh. listening from the Philippines or Thailand or Denmark or Austria, hello. Wow, love to see you. Yeah, and Japan Incredible. as well. Welcome. So, and it looks and like Greece, ha- number ten as well. Got some friends in Honduras. Hello, this guys. This is awesome. This is really great. Share the Grays Academy. I mean, if you're listening to the pilot episode and, and like, you know, or it's maybe like you're, city. Wow. you're, wow, man, we are global. I know. International. Ooh, Peru. I'll always remember Peru. Um, Any Rick and Morty fans out there? Got that? <laughs> Let me know. Um. So, yeah. Hello, everybody. Hello, friends. Hello, friends. We love to see you. Please email me and tell me how the heck you found us, because I am just think that's so cool. Yeah, at grazeacademypod at gmail.com. And that one only goes to Kelsey, so you could talk about any spoilers that you want. Me, on the other hand, I'm a spoiler-free environment. So let's talk about this, this promo. Do you want to kick us off with... Uh, uh, what we're talking about. If you haven't listened to the last episode, obviously make sure you go back and listen to the first, to the first part. Yes. Um, so the promo and I'll put it maybe on our stories um, or our, maybe our feed. I don't know. I'll put it somewhere where you can find it on Instagram. Um, so uh, I, we found the promo for this one. I mentioned in the last episode and I remember this like, well, when it was live, they promo it and they show Rose saying, I'm carrying your child. Um, and then at the end, they show dead Derek and like it's Richard's voiceover being like, we will save this man. Um, so it's like a lot. Like it's, it's intense. It's pretty misleading, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, it's uh, so uh, Kelsey sent it to me this morning and I watched it a couple of times while I was brushing, brushing my teeth because it was like a a minute long promo and uh it it's it starts out with the candle scene mm-hmm. but it ends with dead derek <laughs> so yeah it's like uh, a very misleading like if yeah. you hadn't seen the episode you would be like oh it's going to go poorly for everybody <laughs> it's just interesting because up until now the promos i watched have been kind of like mundane they're like well look this is what's gonna happen they will be doctors They will have sex with each other. They will treat patients, not like really any spoilers. So I'm going to try and keep finding them and um, for each episode and we'll kind of see, see how spoiler E they are. It's also like, so Kelsey and I also both watch and podcast John. I get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, We both watch Ted Lasso, but Mm -hmm. Ted Lasso doesn't have like next week on Ted Lasso. No, because it's you know, that was Roy, by the way. Oi! No, I, I got that. 
Also, <laughs> were you dying last week at all the vomit? Oh my gosh, it was so funny. I loved it so much. And then when so they much. tied the strings to their wee wees. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> When Roy said, the problem is we need to have one guy's dick connected to, to five everybody's. other people. That's <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyways, spoiler alert. So sorry, everyone. Um, But yeah, like these streaming shows don't have that. And I don't watch any other shows live on TV. I watch Miss Maisel. I watch mm-hmm. Ted Lasso. And I'm re-watching Scandal, but like I, because I'm re-watching it, I don't get these promos. So, yeah, please keep sending the, these to me as long as they're spoiler-free. But this one, it was fun to watch. It was fun to watch this one. And we also have to make sure that I don't look at any of the related videos because yes. we've already made that mistake once. Yeah. and um, I think it was the bomb episode, right? It was the the bomb episode. I think so. The, the bazooka episode, I mean. Yeah. And then... um. I also wanted to say something else. I've forgotten it. Um, so this is episode two of the fifth season. It is the 80th episode overall. It is called Dream a Little Dream of Me. And that's a song that Carmen talked about last episode. So if you're curious, go listen to it. Um, it's the same title. So we're not doing the song part again. Written by Shonda Rhimes. Directed by Rob Korn. Aired September 25th, 2008. 18.31 million views. And the Netflix synopsis, this is, you're going to love this. After accidentally injuring Derek during surgery, Rose decides to transfer out of the department. That's it. And that's it. That's the whole Netflix synopsis. Huh. So, that's pretty stupid. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and fill in the gaps, because if we're going off of this, I don't expect any of you to remember this fucking episode. So um, we get some resolution to the uh, Sarah Beth, uh, Michael, Vincent, uh, uh, fuck, Amy? Who the fuck were the girls? Sorry. Anna. Anna, Sarah Beth, and Betty. Also, I want you to know that I, in in my notes, I interchanged Sarah Beth and Bernadette like 500 times. (laughs) So Sorry. thanks, Megan, for for uh, confusing oh, that's what me I on that. To acknowledge um, the writer, our dear trust. friend Megan, there is another oh, writer's, writer's strike, Guild yeah. of America strike going on for basically the same reason. Um, they deserve more money, and studios aren't giving it to them. It, we're also in a very new spot because a lot of writers' money would come from residuals um, previously. And now with streaming services, that's not really baked into the contracts. Uh, And this is all just from like my understanding of what I've read. Obviously, I'm not a writer. Um, I I really wanted to touch base with Megan, too, and ask her more about this. So, Megan, let me know. Um, But, yeah, they, they had a bunch of very reasonable requests. And the studios either rejected them or countered with like basically just insulting amounts um, so it was, I think it's right that they're on strike. It, I don't think they're being unreasonable. People deserve to be paid for what they're doing. And this is, you know, this is not quote unquote unskilled labor. This is like a very specific skill set that essentially everyone enjoys, right? If you enjoy entertainment of any kind, you're, you're enjoying writing. Um, so they should, they should be compensated. 
you know, it's just not and, that hard. <laughs> and as much as like we sit here and we joke around, like I think last week I was like, I own Shondaland. I could write this shit. Mm-hmm. I cannot. <laughs> like yeah. they, the, the, the talent and the foresight that goes into these shows, that goes into the writing skill, it's mm-hmm. so nuanced. It's so critical. And, and these people have been working their entire lives to hone their craft. So, yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know when I look at like sports, right. And they go into these lockouts and everyone is like, yeah, it's billionaires trying to cheat out millionaires from hundreds of dollars, you know? And and it's, it's same with every industry. It's these billionaires, these high, high multimillionaires trying to cheat people out of money. And it's just, it's frustrating. And I wouldn't say that writers are millionaires. Like that's obviously a little bit of a different scenario, but mm-hmm. to be, to be fairly compensated and to rework a contract based on the changing of the times is fair. And we, I believe I, I, mean, I don't know, please, if I don't speak for you, Kelsey, let me know, but I believe that both of us stand with the writers and, and wanting to get fairly yeah, compensated sure. in these situations. Also, what's interesting is like with the advent of different technologies, specifically AIs, they requested that it be put into contracts that the studios would not like use AIs to create source material or to like write at all. And they wanted it to put in there that you can't use what we are writing to teach AIs how to write, which is wildly valid. And the studios were like, we will not agree to that. But what we can offer you instead is an annual discussion about technology. That was their counter offer. We will have an annual meeting to talk about technology. That's so fucking vague. What does that even mean? That means we will absolutely use your work to teach AIs so that we don't have to pay you because we don't have to pay an AI. And AIs can't like, have you, when you, have you seen those memes where they're like, I made an AI watch 50 hours of Grey's Anatomy and had it <laughs> yes. write an episode and they're not good. <laughs> like, no, no, they're terrible. Because, like don't just, it's, People make these shows and films good and they deserve to be compensated. Well, the so. AIs will never understand the human emotion. Exactly. Of, like, and, and I'm going to jump ahead here. Like the, the scene where, uh, doc, is it Ar- Sergeant or Dr. Hunt? What would, what, what should we refer to it's, him as? It's both apparently. So okay. you can either, Dr. Sergeant it's Hunt. either, it's either major. He's a major. I'm pretty major. positive. It's, it's either major hunt or Dr. Hunt. It's, interchangeable when, depending on the setting when hunt mm-hmm. kissed the shit out of christina mm-hmm. an ai is not gonna write that kind of passion right like no, what no. come on i don't and know like you think I, about, I have a hard like, time with that la- the season four finale like um beth when she was like don't say anything Right. There's like, yeah, there's just nuances to the writing and to understanding characters. And there's a difference between being like, this is what this character would do. And like as a vague concept and then the actual like specifics of that, like maybe an AI can grasp like Alex would be mad, but they're not going to be able to write it the same way a person who has been with this character since day one is going to be also Shonda, when I was reading the blog post, she pitches finales at the beginning of seasons. 
So at the beginning of season three, she told everyone what the finale was going to be. And she was, and some of it, she was like, oh, some of it, I know how we're going to get there. And some of it, I don't, but like, that's going to be the finale. And she said it was the same for four and it's the same for five. Like season four ended and she was like, this is going to be what happens in the end of season five. So it's our job to figure out how we get there. And these are like, you know, these are the main things we're going to hit, but like, this is how it's going to end. So it's up to us to get us to this point. And again, that's something that you're never going to get from like a machine. And it's also something that like, you're not going to get, you can tell when you watch these shows, like any Shonda show that there's such like a passion and a connection that she has and that her like writers have to these characters and they want to do them justice. They want to have them serve a purpose. And it's just not asking that much for people to be paid fairly from one of like the most lucrative industries in the world. Like, you just don't need these CEOs making 400, 500 million a year and then have your writers, the people that are doing this work, not be able to afford an apartment. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's unfair. And unfortunately, that's capitalism. Right. So we're we're uh, we're standing with the workers and the writers and and all that they do mm-hmm. to, to be fairly compensated for the the endless, the, the truly, truly endless amount of entertainment that we have at our disposable uh, mm-hmm. disposal but also the the uh the value at which they bring i think the hard part with all of this is like you truly can't quantify the enjoyment that we have they can quantify mm-hmm. it in streams in in terms of views and streams and what that means for dollars through ads right, right? but right. on a human experience level like how how excited were you to listen to my reactions when Dylan exploded? Yeah, or when like, when yeah. Chris, when uh, Izzy cut the Elvad wire, right? Like exactly. those are things that are that a uh, an AI doesn't doesn't comprehend when it's just regurgitating its findings. Yeah, but the writers know. Someday when someone watches this for the first time, whether it's when it premieres live or when it's a week from now or years from now, like me, they know the emotional reaction that's going to come out of this. So, yeah, I it's hard. There's like a respect, I think, that writers have for their audiences as well. Um, And they deserve that back back from us. as Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So, yes, that's the update that we have. So now it. we can talk about the episode. Yeah. Also, if you hear chewing in the background, everyone, I'm so sorry. I'm eating dinner as we speak. I, I feel like I was trying to be very quiet. Were you able to hear any chewing or crunching over there? No, I didn't hear any. You're okay. masking it well. Thank you. I will. I also didn't eat the crust. So there's like. Yes, I could tell. I was like, he's not eating the crust because it's crispy. Yeah. No, no, no. I actually, I like the crispy crust. Um, no, I no, just, but I, I meant because of the crispy yeah, noises. Yeah, yeah. I got you. There we go. Now, let me just open up this bag of chips real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Christina, still impaled. Meredith, nowhere in sight. <laughs> wait, speaking of Christina, <laughs> did we say oh, the thing? Did I, no, did I, I say it out loud? No. no? Um, this is uh, Ama- uh, Asian American and Pacific Islander Month, officially. May. May in case so. you're listening to this, not in May, in the future right. times. It, it's going to be May. May. Oh, Justin Timberlake sucks. Oh, sorry. Retracted. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, we we stand Sandra O, oh, 
and we'll we'll talk more about that uh, maybe later because uh, Christina is is Kelsey's favorite character like by far. She but is. anyways, yes, impaled and Meredith is totally gone. That's how yeah. we start the episode. Um. Ouch. So yeah, Christina is laying there, still impaled, and she has this this vision, this hallucination, this dream of her and Meredith as little old ladies. And it's so funny. And I love it. And they're still in the same damn house in Christina's <laughs> yep. vision. Like this house has now survived how many generations <laughs> worth yep. of people. They're freaking old. That is so funny. And it's just the two of them. And it would they're just, what are they just, they're just cutting like a, like a rotisserie chicken. Christina or a- is eating cereal out of a box. And Meredith is like, why are you doing that? I'm making chicken. And then she goes to cut it. And Christina's like, you're doing it wrong. Because you suck. And then she puts on a glove and cuts the chicken. And they're just taking care of each other. Old and into their, into their, what comes after the golden years? The ripe, mushy banana years? Is that what happens? I mean, I don't even know. But they're old. <laughs> yeah. What did you make of this? Again, so, a show that doesn't typically do dream sequences. I so uh, I thought it was funny first off that the two of them are together and it's in this you know the same house and she goes damn it where are my glasses and then <laughs> Christina's like literally in your fucking neck you crazy person uh but I don't know it's just it's just funny to like get into the psyche of Christina envisions that they're going to be friends forever and they're going to live together forever and also apparently she envisions a world where they both die alone which I, I think mean, they might not be alone. They could live together with spouses because, like, we would do that probably. I mean, yeah, that's fair. Not in that side. A much bigger house, but. No, in that exact house. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but we're going to keep Ava's suicide blood there. Mm, yes. As a reminder. That she did that. Uh, but it's cute. I thought it was fun. I like. I always like a good dream sequence. We also get like a, a little bit of a dream sequence at the end too with with Izzy. Which, man, yes. I cannot wait to get there. I had, I had thoughts. <laughs> so, um, but anyways, so we we get in there and then when she comes out of the dream sequence, just Hunt just picks her up, is like, mm-hmm. all right, you're alone. You've got an icicle in you. Damsel it's, in distress. Yeah, it's like they said. It's it's melting roof water right into your gizzards. So mm-hmm. uh, we gotta say, super safe. Yeah, so we gotta get that out of you. Um, but this is this is just a funny. We get a funny couple of moments, you know, because Christina is trying to teach the interns. Weber's yelling at her. Meredith is trying to treat her. They bust out their Motorola razors to take <laughs> pictures of her, all with different colors. Uh, but no Christina's one had a gold mad razor. That no one will take it out. Right. Um, they're like, no, we're going to leave it in. We're going to make sure. And then, and then we'll take it out. Um, and then, and Weber's like, and you can use this opportunity to teach your interns. And I'm like, she's, she should maybe have the day off <laughs> from teaching. Yeah. Use some PTO, use some sick time. Yeah. She has a, she has a, an icicle in her gut. Do, do number like 12 hospitals not get PTO anymore? Do they lose when they're out of the top 10? You, also, don't, you don't offer PTO. <laughs> I looked it up. Well, first of all, Katya wrote in and told us that they do rank hospitals. So that's not a made up thing. Um, and then I looked it up more to like figure it out. And there's several different um, criteria. 
And it's not just teaching hospitals that are ranked. Um, and, but there's different things. It'll be like, oh, this hospital's the best if you have um, bone cancer. And this hospital's the best if you need brain surgery. So, but that is like, goes into the overall rankings of the hospital. So you want to take basically the overall rankings of the hospital. And that's like a starting point. And then you're going to want to find like your specific need. Like, oh, I need someone to do surgery on my hip. Like I need a hip replacement. So then you're going to want to find like really well-ranked orthopedics departments because, you know, the best orthopedic surgeon in the country is probably going to work at a really well-ranked hospital, but it might not be the number one ranked hospital. So it's all about doing research and figuring out um, where your needs will be met, but they do in fact rank them. So, so if I wanted to find a hospital mm-hmm. that could give me, plastic surgery to have my hands look exactly like Joey's hands from friends so that I could be his hand twin. What hospital Uh would I go to for that? I don't know that you could find anyone who would do that. (laughs) Seems (laughs) unnecessary. Listen, if you have enough money, uh, anyone would do anything, you know, in, in the medical world. Yes, that's true. And actually Um, this, uh, this episode is kind of a good, um, uh, what's the, metaphor for the, the the insurance and medical industry in america mm-hmm. so it's just an interesting couple of chain of events that happened in this episode so the number one in 2022 2023 was mayo and number two was cedar sinai and then number three is nyu langon lang lang langon hospital so, and then they have, they also break down for like best one for cardiothoracic surgery, best one for, um, if you're seeking cancer treatment, best one for diabetes and endo. So best ones for ENT. So they're all, they're all over here. This and is, all of them are in Chicago. I'm seeing Chicago on none of these. They're mostly New York, California, Where Maine, is- Massachusetts. Where does Seattle Grace rank in this uh, in this the list that you have? You know, it's not on here because it's fictional. Where does uh, New Amsterdam rank on that list? Same answer. Where does the hospital Stop from me House fake hospitals? <laughs> Sacred oh, wait, look. Heart. Look, best hospitals for rehab from recovering from traumatic injury, stroke, heart attack, and other conditions. Shirley Ryan Ability Lab in Chicago, Illinois. Hey, shout out Chicago. There you go. So if you have rehab, we're number one. That's where you need to go. Anyways, so maybe I'll post a link to that as well. So there's, I know there's a lot of stuff about Christina in this episode, but I want to I want to talk about uh, um the hunt, the hunt, the Christina and Hunt kind of situation. Mm-hmm. This is the first on-screen kiss we get with Christina since Burke, correct? Yes. I love it. Also, Burke was the only other person she had ever kissed on screen. Yeah. Really? Yes. Well, we're led to believe that she had sworn off men completely for the last, what, season two, all of season four and season into season five, right? Because they, they season the end of season three was the breakup, correct? Yeah. I mean, she didn't really swear off men. It was just not. I don't think a relationship is ever on her radar. Like it happened with Burke 
naturally. I don't think she's like seeking out a man for any purpose. I think that was why last week when you were like, oh, she's upset because she's alone or you wanted her to be upset because she's alone. I'm like, that doesn't track with her character because like who she is is so not revolving around a relationship. It just doesn't make sense that she would care that much about Meredith being in one and her not being in one. And I understand that in retrospect. I It makes I, I get it. Yeah, but I, so I just love love. She does. I mean, yeah. And there is like obviously um, a spark between her and Hunt. And that is explored in this episode. So tell me your feelings. I, I, I just like the fact that it shows, oops, sorry. I just like the fact that it shows that she is not bitter and jaded. Yeah. But that she has emotion, that she has emotion Mm -hmm. about the opposite sex again. And even if it wasn't like we see Callie and Han have emotion, we have that passion. And for a while there, I, I guess it's hard because I don't relate to people who are so, so, so focused on their work that they don't want to have, you know, like you said, it's not on her, on her radar. Like, I don't relate mm-hmm. to that. I think I, I could relate to Izzy or Alex or or George where they're clearly very driven or or even Meredith. Like, she she's driven. They're all driven, but they, they have, like, relationships and they have, like, the they, – they all are kind of flirting and there's, like, other relationships going on in their life. And, Mm -hmm. and that kind of tracks with me, but like the Christina character Mm -hmm. doesn't always track with me. And I don't always feel like it, like that relates to me, Mm -hmm. but I really like the dynamic between them, uh, together. I didn't like how Hunt interacted with other characters. Like I, you know, he shouldn't, he, he doesn't work at this hospital. He's not covered under their insurance. He's not a, a billion things, but he's going in there trying to convince these people to do things that he would do. Although it is pretty dope. Weber's like, yeah, dude, like the fuck you apparently used a blown up Humvee and you made an OR table in the desert. Like (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's cool. Let me give you a job. And then he says, no, but there's, there's, there's cool stuff. There's, I don't know. Um, we get this really cool scene where he's like, if I make mistakes, people die. That's, that's true of all doctors. So, yeah, I was like, this, uh, is this supposed to be a revelation? Yeah. So, but um, they, I mean, they, there's good dialogue yeah. there. I I enjoyed it. They were making eyes. There's they definitely kissed. chemistry. You know, there's chemistry, chemistry for sure. For sure. So, I don't know. I I was trying to see, and maybe part of the lesson that Christina needs out of this interaction, because I feel like there's a lot of times where these other characters and the patients are mirror images of the lessons that we're trying to learn from our main characters in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think it's just learn from your mistakes. I think is the message that, that they're trying to give us in that scene because she's like, well, I'm, I, I killed a man because I couldn't do a stitch. Well, no, you did the stitch, but you did it the wrong way because you didn't have the practice. And I think that's mm-hmm. what he's saying. You go through, uh, you go you through learn. learning and people die and then you just make sure that they don't die for the same reason again the next time. And you, as long as you are learning from your mistakes, that's exactly. the best you can do. And, um, what, what did you think when Weber offered him a job? I, I thought he was going to take it. Actually. I thought yeah. that we were going to get this character on the show and I was like, okay, well, I don't really like this guy, but okay. <laughs> what, uh, you don't like him just cause he's so aggressive and like in everybody's business. 
I, I, yeah. And he doesn't work there. If he worked yeah. there, I'm sure I would really find his character very uh, engaging because when I'm better at my job than people, in my opinion, I don't always <laughs> hide it very well. Uh, and he just chose to not hide it. He did not care. Yeah. So I would, I would actually, I like this character. I just didn't like that he was doing it while not working at the hospital. Right. Just because like from strictly a business side of things, it's just not safe or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that he's a good vessel for Christina to have a couple of revelations and to have some, you know, a good character arc within these last two episodes. But I, I, is he, is he around? Is he done? Like, is this it? Does he actually come and take a job next episode or is this it? This is all we get of Hunt. I'm just not going to answer your question. So we get more of Hunt. Okay, perfect. Question. I predict that he will be in the show until season 19 now. Okay. Um, his catchphrase apparently was, so. Um, so? So? Uh, yeah, uh, was, what else about the Christina thing? Yeah, it was just funny. Oh, okay, so the Christina and Meredith is still kind of, like, unresolved in this one. When Meredith is still like, why did you, did you mean what you said about about me and Derek, like, not making it? Um, and Christina's like, what does it matter if I think what I think? And Meredith's like, obviously it matters what you think. And what I like about this is Christina's like, I'm your person. I'm on your side. So she's like, I think what the way I took that was like, I want it to work. <laughs> but historically speaking, that's not going to happen. But I would love it if it did. And I also like that Meredith acknowledged that she was talking about it too much because she was. Well, yeah, that's all she was talking about. Yeah. The the so. thing that it is also really fun about their dynamic is we, at this point now, because you've seen them for so long on screen, you know mm-hmm. the characters, you know what they're actually saying, but we kind of have to justify and interpret for them the healthy uh the healthy conversation that should have taken place through the very simplistic words that they say. So when you say I'm your person, I'm on your side, it's really mm-hmm. saying, obviously I care for you. I want this to yeah. work out and maybe this time it will work out, but also like history has said otherwise, like those are things yeah. that you should explain to someone and they're getting there in less words because they know each other and we just have to fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I did think it was interesting at the end where, uh, you know, Meredith is like, I want, I want you to be my cheerleader for this and I need it. And then she's like, well, okay, like, tell me what you want me to say. And then she says it. And then Meredith's like, well, are you just saying that? Cause I said so. And I'm like, (laughs) pick a fucking lane. Obviously. Exhausting. But do you mean it? Yes. Who fucking also, who fucking cares? Meredith. It's fine. Like what? It doesn't matter if she means it or not. Like, what do you, what do you, I'm like, if your relationship like I definitely understand wanting your friend to to like be on board with your relationship, but also being like my relationship will only work if you think it will work. I'm like that's eh, a lot that's of pressure. Relationships go, so yeah, I don't know. Definitely some some back and forth about all of that. I'm happy with where they resolved it though, and and I and I yeah. do believe that in general, Christina, I think is turning a corner with being able to learn. And I think that mm-hmm. was another metaphor is like learning from your mistakes. I think Meredith is learning from her mistakes. Yeah. Will they yeah. stay together forever? 
maybe not. But then we have that cute scene with Meredith and Derek where he's like, oh, hey, I cut my hand, blah, blah, blah. Let's get married. And she's like, I don't want to move in together. And he's like, okay, whatever. I figured. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. It's you. I'm not an idiot today. (laughs) Uh, so like, yeah, it, it, I don't know. It's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of similarities and there's a lot of parallels throughout this episode. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and that's, again, that's good writing. We love to see it. And, and AI, AI couldn't could write never, that. Could never. This pure Shonda. Um. And corn. Yes. Uh, do we have anything else on Christina? I, I just really like the moment where Hunt pulls out the icicle. I like that. Is that when she says, that's my icicle, I didn't give you permission? Yeah, and he goes, so. (laughs) And then later they kiss, and she's like, I barely know you. He goes, so. And then dramatically (laughs) walks away. Also, that kiss was so intense. The passion was palpable. Oh, yeah. Um, I I felt it in my loins. mm. That is a place to feel it. (laughs) So did they. Like a flaming golden hawk. Um, I I think it's also interesting. I think when when he is talking about trauma surgery and like telling Christina like, oh, you would be good at it. It's kind of, I don't know that she would be because she's so, I don't know what the word is. Like, I guess particular or like rigid in the way she likes things. She's, she's very type A. She definitely has the the brain for it. Like she has the ability for it. And I totally, think she could, without a doubt. she can work under pressure. I think though, if she could choose, she's going to choose like a safe OR where everything's going to be set up the way that she wants it to be set up. And just, she would prefer a more controlled environment. Like, as he's like, oh, does this place really, what is it that he says? Does this place really like get you excited Challenge or, you something? or Challenge. something like that? Yeah. And she's like, yeah, it does. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that was it on the Christina stuff. Well, we just covered, you know, a lot. We covered the, the Christina mm-hmm. stuff. We talked about the Meredith and Christina stuff. We kind of led into the Derek and Meredith thing. I think that maybe we can pivot to, to that for, for a yeah, little bit yeah. to finish up that conversation. But, um, and then, you know, Derek obviously leads into a lot of different storylines, but, um, you know, with with Derek in general, the Derek and Meredith thing, again, we, we see growth. And you you talked about mm-hmm. this the last couple of episodes, the word growth. And it's funny. It's cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like their banter. I like anyone who has listened to the first like two seasons and then skipped ahead to now. The difference between then and now is Derek mm-hmm. isn't choosing to stay with Addison just to fuck Meredith. Yeah. It's so different. And he broke up with Rose respectfully. Yeah. We, at least we were led to believe that, right? And then it's just different. And I yeah, am rooting for that. It definitely feels different. Um, and, and, you know, last season there was the whole, like, Meredith telling Derek that she had these emotional issues and him, like, being aware of it, but but, like, not being okay with it in a way. And so now it feels like he is like, yes, you know what? She has them. And, but, but she wants to be with me. So we will figure it out as we go. Cause like, he doesn't get mad. Like last season, if she had said, do you want to move in with me? And then rescinded it later that day, he would have like flown off the handle, but he would have gone and paid for an orgy somewhere. Like, uh, yeah, he would have, it would have been stupid. Um, 
But in this episode, he's like, you know, we're going to do it on, on the timetable that works for us. And if you're not ready, then you're not ready. And if you are ready, then, then I am also ready. And as much as I don't love Derek, I do love that he is like growth again. He has widened his worldview and realized that the reality that he exists in is not the same reality that Meredith exists in. Yeah. Well, the thing, the thing for me looking at if I, if I had to picture being in the writer's room and constructing the, the bio of Mm -hmm. Derek's mind, all he needed to see was this big romantic gesture from Meredith. And I, and like in, in this moment, in this foreseeable future, that should be enough to carry mm-hmm. him through whatever. Oh, she's, she's flying off the rails, whatever. She's having she's, a moment of doubt, whatever. She, it's like, yeah, she's overall in a different place, but she's yeah. still going to be who she is. Right. So there can be, both can be true at the same time. Like you can have growth and still like be who you are and still have the traumas that you have in your past, but now you have different tools on how to deal with them and like how to process them in, in relation to your current situation. Um, and the fact that she wants to be with him enough to, to do any of that. Um, I feel like he's appreciating on another level. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's creating, excuse me, a little, little burp there. It's creating this, benefit of the doubt that he's giving her Mm -hmm. yes because he's she's not saying i don't want to move in because i'm ready to break up with you it's i you know my i want to make sure that i'm ready for moving in yes right Mm -hmm. yeah so but that them together right now i'm actually in a current state of rooting for them right now. yeah i don't think i was um super annoyed at anything between the two of them this episode which is nice so I was I was actually fucking annoyed at Rose. Yeah, that was that was annoying. Um, but I was glad that she de- um, like as soon as it happened, she was like, this is not who I am and I will not continue to put myself in this position. First half last episode, definitely in the wrong in many, many ways. Like her emotions are valid, but the way she was handling them in the workplace was, was not valid or appropriate. As soon as she physically hard, as soon as she is not just unprofessional, but bad at her job. She's like, Oh, I can't do this. Like I I'll be a lot of things, but bad at my job is not one of them, which I respect. Yeah. I also don't believe that it was malicious. It was just everything going on was a mental. Yeah, exactly. Carelessness. And she, yeah, she was distracted. And so she kind of was letting herself get sloppy because she was like, dude, fuck this guy. He pissed me off and I'm mad. So I'm not going to be as focused as I normally would be. And I also had to watch. What was, was that? Her. She stabbed him. Yeah. I actually had to watch that a couple of times because I was, I was like, what, what the fuck did I miss? Like what just happened? It was when she was handing it to him. Yeah. She, he just wasn't, she didn't hand it to him with the, 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 the non sharp. The way back. You, you would, ha- I would hand you scissors would be to like hold the blade of the scissors and give you yes. the handle. Yes. Um, which, you know, makes sense again in a safe safety medical setting. You want to not stab your coworkers. Also, speaking, the fact so. that he just kept going with the surgery. Those things are sharp enough to go through human flesh like butter. And it mm-hmm. just goes through his hand. And he's like, oh, oh let I'll me change finish. my glove. <laughs> I'm good. It's fine. I'll get I'm stitched up off, later. But it's fine. And then he doesn't even let Mark do it. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was just going to say that he blows Mark off because he's like, Meredith gives me sex, especially when I have boo-boos. <laughs> oh, man, that is funny. I still would have had Mark do the stitches. Like, fuck that. Yeah, it is your $2 million a year hand, so... And Meredith is still going to give you sympathy sex because you're still wounded. Yeah. Dumb. He just wanted to be like, it was Rose related. Isn't that so funny? Are you going to freak out and be jealous? Yeah. Also, let's get married. <laughs> what a funny joke. Um, so. So what do you think about the end? The end of the Derek. So I, I'm assuming that this is the end of the Derek Rose. I assume that she's not in the show anymore. This is her yes. way of she's gone. Bye bye. So. Which I found annoying because. She's like, oh, I'm going to transfer to Pete's. She's still going to, to my understanding, what did you take that to mean? She's transferring to Pete's what? So she's not going to be in his OR anymore. Right, but she's still going to be a, an, an OR nurse, right? I mean, yeah, but for Right, okay, so that's how stuff. I take it. But, like, my thing is I'm like, so just in the reality, we would see her again. Because there are pediatric surgeries in this show all the time. Also, there's pediatric neuro neurosurgeries. Like, but that's why, and I'm just like, I mean, like, spoiler alert, we never see her again. But that that annoys me. I mean, I'm not annoyed because I'm like fine with her character leaving because like she has served a great purpose in the show. But like, we don't really need her anymore. I don't need to follow her on her own path. Um, I wish they would have used her like Olivia. <laughs> they Speaking kind of, of did. Olivia, where are you? Come <laughs> back, Olivia. Um. So, yeah, I just I'm like, it's stupid that that they act as though her not being on his specialty means he never sees her again because he would. And apparently she was there for a couple of seasons and we never met her anyways. So. Yeah, it was out of nowhere. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I liked I liked the end scene that we get where she's like. She apologizes. She also kind of blames Derek a little bit. She's like, yeah, ah, this, this is your fault. So I'm leaving. I mean, it kind of is, but it, but it's it also is. Her, don't date in the workplace. Right. If you can't ever. handle a breakup in the workplace. Right. Not ever. Sometimes it's fine. There is like, no good case. things that. <laughs> yes. I was going to be sarcastic and I was going to say that no relationship has ever survived and gotten into the point of being married or even ha- let alone having two kids. If you started out dating <laughs> in the workplace together ever, nothing yeah. has ever happened like that. So there's a way to do it. Yeah. Um, and what they did was fine. not it. <laughs> yeah. Also, can you imagine if you ever just stabbed Michael at work? Yes. I can't imagine that. Oh. to be honest with you, <laughs> but you never would. Correct. That would not with witnesses. No. Good call. Good call. For, For legal, legal purposes. Reasons, none of the jokes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds. <laughs> Literally all the time. I'm like, damn, if, if anything ever happens to Michael or really Carmen, there's just so much proof of me threatening your life. Like I'd be really screwed. Luckily <laughs> for you, you it's at least all... I live far enough away that it I'd probably not be the first suspect with right. Michael. I'd probably be pretty high on the list as a suspect. Luckily for you, if, if you do go to kill Michael, I can be your lawyer and it's all circumstantial evidence at best. So, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I got you. Also, and for legal reasons, him. I'm not a lawyer. For legal reasons, I'm not going to kill him. Yes. For legal reasons, we know that. Okay. Anything else with um, anything else with Derek in this this episode? I, I, I liked he I would say Derek on a scale of one to five of annoying was it a one? One being the least annoying. 
um, in his relationship, yeah, I was a little annoyed with the freezing of the guy. Although he, oh yeah, yeah, there was a moment where you were like, "Ooh, was Derek right?" But it wasn't so much that the guy wasn't handling it; it was that they were unprepared, which is not really so the same. unprepared. So, um, but yeah, for Derek in in the relation to Meredith, yes, definitely a one. And then they are packing up the trailer at the end, so it appears that they will be moving in together. And not in the airstream, into Meredith's house. So in Meredith's house, it will be Meredith, Derek, Mm -hmm. Izzy, Mm -hmm. and Alex. Yes. Fucking weird. (laughs) Yes. So weird. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, let's see. So what next? Do you want to just talk about Derek and in relation to his job? Well, we can we can talk about maybe after after we we you know pause in a little bit for some mid mid episode sponsors here. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's let's talk about Izzy and Alex a little bit. Okay. So Alex is being a dick. Mm-hmm. He's he's overcorrecting, as yes. he often does. He's like, no, no, I I can't have emotions. I only have assholery. Which is an emotion, Alex, so fuck you. Yeah. The um, the scene that we get that I really hated is he's like, if I she she comes in, she's like explaining yeah. something to him. He's like, and she doesn't say anything. He's like, I'm hoping if I wait long enough, you'll be just as annoyed by the sound of your voice as I am. Ho, 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 yeah, ho, just such shut up. An asshole thing. Just like he I will say one thing about Alex. As much as I like him at times, he can like cut deep quickly. Like he can be very mean. He's not just gonna be like go away you're annoying me he's going to be like say it in the meanest way he can think of or call you a stupid bitch like yeah (laughs) as we've seen yeah it's a lot it's it just makes no sense and uh you it's cold as fuck uh also did izzy get a haircut at some point over the last couple of episodes her hair is shorter um, I think it's because she cut it in last season and I think it's just like maintained. Interesting. Um, I I don't know, but something about that. Scene she's also where... like she's had it up a lot, but I also think sometimes she has it like wavy and like that one. I know exactly what you're talking about, but it was like straightened and like yeah, styled yeah. around her face. I mean, yeah. she looks great. Oh, yeah, obviously. I wouldn't um, kick her out of bed for Megan crumbs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll never get over that. Oh, hello. Please stop. It's the crossover episode. I hate it. <laughs> um, uh, if anyone yeah. has listened to this show and listened to our other podcasts, dude thoughts, All that's right. a, that's a throwback. So, uh, anyways, I don't know. Alex, Alex is, is a nutcase. Izzy did nothing wrong, but I want to, uh, what else also did nothing wrong, but <laughs> what's that? I also don't think Meredith did anything no, wrong. Absolutely not. And she like apologizes to Izzy and I'm like, mm, you don't need to apologize, but whatever. You can be like, I'm sorry that Alex uh, reacted irrationally to the offhand joke I made about him being a good person. Yeah, but I called him a good person. Fuck. I am so <laughs> sorry. I'll never again. Now. So I don't know what other thoughts you want to have because I, I basically the notes that I have go to the end scene. Um, so is there anything else you want to talk about specifically with like Alex and Izzy here? 
oh, where Alex is like boning that girl and they're and is with the door wide fucking open. Yeah. Um also I want you to know I thought that that was gonna be Rose. <laughs> what a twist. I that last okay, <laughs> let me just fucking tell you. So, so there's funny. this girl who's a brunette, pretty like a like a thinner girl, mm-hmm. fits the build of what I thought Rose would be. And yeah. I was like, okay. This is going to be a gigantic twist because Derek is moving in <laughs> like, but it, I mean, we know we don't see her face. So maybe yeah, it was, it's, a, it's like you know, a one off. Yeah. So, but anyways, then we get this scene where Izzy is in a prom dress or, or her wedding dress or whatever it is that she was wearing. It's the prom dress, the prom, prom dress. And Denny is there. I want you to know that I turned to Jessica who is watching this episode with me and I go, Wait, I paused the episode and I go, did Izzy just fucking kill herself? Oh, my God. That's fair. Because That's a fair question we saw because they go into the light. Yeah. And he's sitting there in his white shirt like he was in the episode where Meredith was dead mm-hmm. and Dylan was there. And then everyone, all the other dead people were there. And I'm like, did Izzy just kill herself? What a stupid reason that would be. But. Did did it happen? Obviously it didn't, but I was, I, I want you to know I was thrown for a good yeah. 20 to 30 seconds. However long that sequence was. Mm-hmm. I think it's just the dream, a little dream of me. It's just another dream. You know, it's like the, the, how the voiceover is like, Oh, the, the happy ever after is that we don't get essentially. That's, that's one of the big ones. But that was a, that was a, a, a flash forward. You know, that was like a a fake dream forward. This is you're bringing a dead person back into the exact same scenario that we've seen this dead person before. But what I mean, like, so Meredith has the nightmare. Christina has the flash forward. And then Izzy has this. What if I got my happily ever after? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. I see. This is why this is why we do the podcast, people. (laughs) Um, I forgot about the literally the opening sequence yeah, of the first again, part one. This was on me for not having us watch these episodes together. No, 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 it's not on you. It's on, it's on life. So, okay. But we don't, so we don't get dream sequences from George or Alex, but we get it from the three yeah. girls. We get it from yeah. Meredith, Christina and uh, Izzy. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I got that now, but do you see at all how maybe that was a little bit jarring? from my perspective uh, as i remember it but i didn't remember them like walking off into the light together and i think that is the most the part where it's like i'm sorry what um and i'm like it's i was also like her seeing alex with another girl is what makes her think about being happy with dennis like it's not like this is alex's you know one true love i mean maybe i don't know but you know it's just some rando girl as far as we know so to me, that's kind of where I was like, why is this the trigger that makes her think of like this, this thing that she didn't have? Yeah. Yeah. That I my, also don't know. That was, that was my like about it. So yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Fun. I, always good to see Denny, you know, love yeah. Denny. Always we good love to, to have a good Denny visit. Denison Duquette of the Denison <laughs> Denison Duquette uh, Memorial Clinic. Uh, I think now's a good pause time. You think uh, think now's a good pause time? All right. We're going to take a brief pause for a moment from our regional sponsors. 
And we will be back in just a moment. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And we are back. Wow, thanks, guys. We appreciate your sponsorship. You know, the Capital One ad that runs through some of our episodes... Mm-hmm. is the exact same Capital One episode that runs through all of the Hulu episodes. <laughs> so, like, there, I was listening the other day to to, to our episode, episode, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the exact same slash uh, Capital One commercial, or whatever it is, the commercial. Uh, yeah, Capital One. It's either it's, it's just Capital One, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, Nailed it. Oh, I made it in the band? Cool. Uh. And it's every commercial that we have on Scandal right now. Is yeah. just fucking these 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 commercials. So yeah, delightful. Um, we will not be having Sean Delay on this episode because it's the same as last episode. So go back and listen if you're curious. It's the same. It's true, and you don't get a jingle because that's just not fair to all the hardworking <laughs> jinglers out there. Um, so let's see what's next. What's next? Uh, George and Lexi. Yeah, let's let's talk George and Lexi, and then I think pretty much every other storyline kind of flows through our our crash victims, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Lexi and Alex, there's. I think I predicted that they were going to have sex. I don't remember how long. Lexi that, and George. What did I say? Alex. I meant Lexi and George. I'm and looking at like, my notes. I'm looking at my I notes. Like, I was still on. History. I was like, was I not paying attention? <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. I was still no, on the fine. notes from uh, Izzy and Alex. Uh, Lexi and George. Lexi really, really wants to smush. Mm-hmm. And George. And she like tries to tell him. Yeah. He is oblivious. He's oblivious. Which is he's not dumb. surprising because he's dumb. pretty dumb. <laughs> also, I. I think that she might be the second most attractive character on the show right now. Also, she is so funny in this episode. So funny. <laughs> so funny. His words, not mine. <laughs> wow, that no, that was, was so me. Poetic. That was me. Oh, sorry. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> the end. <laughs> Um, yes, very funny. Uh, so what you like, Catherine, you think Catherine Heigl's the most attractive and then her? Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. She's pretty. Yeah. It would be um, a tough, oh man, that's tough. Uh, Lexi or Addison, though? Addison all the way, again. Yeah, I think Addison. I think Addison still. Addison is our queen. Forever. Yeah, forever. We will also, pause, can we break, can we break the fourth wall here for a moment? That's literally all we do. Can we? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh, I forgot what our podcast was for a second. You're right. The Apostles. Uh, the fourth wall. Can we break the fifth wall? We're, we're going to break Go the fifth it. wall. We recognize that if you are a Patreon, Patreon subscriber right now, a Patreon patron. We are garbage. We're garbage. We're pure trash garbage. We've had a lot going on the past month, personally, and so it's been 
difficult to even schedule these recordings and some of them have almost not happened so like this one (laughs) yeah so we are gonna make it up to you we pinky promise we are trying to figure out our schedules yes yes a lot is happening in our personal lives so thank you all it's good things it's just like a lot yeah for your continued support really we we this this is the reason that we love doing this other than getting a chance to just talk and hang out and watch a tv show that we enjoy together um but we we keep doing this for you guys so thank you for your patience uh, if you're sitting on on the fence of becoming a Patreon subscriber or not, the content will be there. The goal is there. There's a lot of stuff that we have started that we've written out that's going to be done and recorded soon. Now is the time to get in on the ground floor. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's it's definitely something like, you know, we're, we're going to be starting to watch private practice. And Addison made me think of this because we are going to start doing uh, Patreon episodes of private practice reactions in a Mm -hmm. very condensed format to similar to this. So it's going to be live on there. And then other, uh, we're going to, we're going to do a Gray's character rumble at one point where we Mm -hmm. just make the characters fight each other and decide who's going to win. So check that out. Um, But anyways, so we, we do really, we, we could not thank you more. So thank you for your patience and uh, Kelsey back to you. Thank you so much, Carmen. Um, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Lexi and George. Um, Lexi, no, no, no. Lexi con- and Alex. No, Lexi and George. <laughs> she tries to confess her feelings, and she's like, "I just think we're we we're more than just roommates." And he goes, "Yeah, of course we're more than roommates." And she's like, "We are." And he's like, "Yeah, you're like my best friend right now." And she's like, "Yeah, best friends." Yeah, watching friends. her get friend zoned was hard for me. I feel bad. They're still going to fuck, though. When? What did I say last time? By season five, episode five. S5E5. Okay. okay, we got four episodes, but three episodes. Three episodes. Um, okay, so um, anything else? I mean, there's not really much on them except she's she sniffs him. She sniffs him at one point. Again. Yeah. And she's she... being supportive. She's helping him study. She, oh, oh, she she confronts him about sleeping with Meredith. Oh, yeah. And he's and like, he well, he, kind of yeah. bumbles about again, making mistakes and being the best version of himself, um, which we kind of talked touched last episode about this being like last episode was a little bit regressive for George. Like he was kind of back and like not the George that the better version of himself. And this episode, he kind of comes back to the the, the better version that we are currently on the road to liking. Um, so he is like, you know, I, I did these things and it's not who I want to be. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to focus on being like the best version of me. And that was not, and he, and I appreciated that he was like, I knew she didn't care about me like that. And I wanted to her to so badly that I took advantage of her in a bad spot. And while that is terrible, I do think it's important that he like, rec- I don't think he like actively was doing that in that like knowingly doing it i guess um but like it wasn't retros- it wasn't rape it wasn't well, it was no, consensual yeah. on both ends but it wasn't mentally but he but he knew that she wasn't in a good spot and, and yeah. he was like he but i don't know i don't think it was malicious in that moment but it was it's it's good to know that he knows now that that was wrong right it's good to right. see again growth seeing people learn from their mistakes and he's also like yeah remember when i was married that was also fucking stupid so 
yeah, it was a good it was a good scene. And I think correct me if I'm wrong, this is the first time George shows any kind of remorse for that. In, yeah, well because we other, haven't another really person. talked about it in a long time. Yeah. Um, that him and him and Meredith does do have did have closure. And they they yeah. had their scene and they you know, but it wasn't he didn't this is the first time he's admitted that to anyone else. Yeah. For sure. And that's growth. Growth. Season 5 is growth. Growth. Themed. And um, the the only other scene that I can that I I specifically wrote was when She's reading the the love note from mm-hmm. uh, Michael uh, Michael to Bernadette. <laughs> Sarah Beth, I wrote that. Very funny. Yeah, but and she also gives him a good pep talk at the end when yeah. she's like, "You're you're you know you're you're on your way to to starting off right." I, if I was in that spot and I couldn't talk, I'm done. Take take me <laughs> home, Jesus. It's like you have a daughter. You are so dramatic. I don't. What what good am I as a father to her if she if I if she can't even listen to me talk? Because you can still do things that are good and communicate no. in other ways. No, no, I'm useless. I mean, you're useless and you can't talk. So, <laughs> wow, you hear that, everyone? She's trying to kill me. <sighs> Got to get my lawyer involved. This attempted murder. This is character Michael, assassination. Michael, your lawyer, Michael. <laughs> yeah, Michael's a fine, a damn fine lawyer. He got me out of a parking <laughs> ticket. No, he didn't. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay. Anyways, the, yeah, it was it was cute. She's reading the letter, obviously, and she goes, uh, "Oh, that's so poetic." <laughs> uh, but she like looks at George when she says a couple of those lines, right? Yeah. He doesn't know. And yeah. uh, there was a line of, uh, I'm going to love you until the end of time. And she's looking right yes, and at she's him. She's like, let me just leer at you. Yeah. Ah. And, and he's and he's like, oh, look, at uh, a butterfly. Ooh. The theme of like yeah, this. I don't know if I've said this before. I probably have because this is a trope in a lot of shows and it drives me insane. It is not my favorite. It's also in film. Um, it drives me insane. I, I find it annoying. Um, I I just find when when they talk about unrequited love. And they put it at like this level of like, I will always love you. And there's no, there's nothing beyond friendship. So I'm like, how do you know? Like to me, I find it, and this might just speak to who I am and like, cause I am more like closed off um, in relationships. So this might speak to me specifically, but I'm like, I don't think you can be like in love with someone unless you're like, getting to know them in that way. I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but like unrequited love when they're like, I will love you until the end of time. But the other person doesn't even know that like you have feelings for that. I don't know. It's like, I I get what you're saying. It's not believable to me. It's believable in that. I think maybe one of the people can think they love you, but I just don't think it's the same as like being in a committed, like mutual relationship with the person. Well, it's also there's and and I'm going to recognize here that there's infinite levels of intimacy, right? Yeah, because there are those who have extreme intimacy, but are but are asexual and there are uh, heterosexual and homosexual levels of intimacy throughout the full spectrum of everything. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's no intimacy here from a like there's no physical intimacy. They're friends, but I. There's also such a different level. I'm. I don't. 
I wouldn't say I love Steve forever. My best friend, Steve, and he intimately knows me in a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. but that is so vastly different from a partnership love the way that Jessica and I love each other, the way that uh, you and Michael love each other. And even like you and I, yeah, I couldn't say I will love you forever in the way that she's saying it to George. It wouldn't yeah. make sense. I get what right. you're saying, but there's so, and, and in TV shows, movies, they skip over all of the things that should have led us to believe that this love is meaningful and impactful and yeah. we don't see it. There's, they go from there. She stole a couple of things from the hospital and cleaned up the house and now she's in love with him. Yeah. Because she was like, you should retake your intern test. I read your file (laughs) and now I love you. Yeah. It's just like very strange. And again, this is not like gray specific. This is a trope in a lot of shows and film. Um, And it just, I'm like always annoyed by it. Every time I see it, I'm like, no, you're not like, yeah, there's definitely different levels of intimacy. There is platonic intimacy, um, but we haven't even really seen that. It's it's not reciprocated. It's not reciprocated in that way. Like, even if you, you say like, oh, he's like, oh, you're one of my best friends, but we still haven't seen other than like they live together. So yeah, they're probably spending a lot of time together. And yes, she is helping him study. Like we're not really seeing these like moments that would lead her to have these feelings. I don't know. It's just bizarre to me. Yeah. I, I'm right there with you. It's, but it's also very a mirror-esque of George being in love with Meredith. Lexi is just a little bit more composed than George. And we also, there's more of a friendship. She knows that George exists and George knows she exists. Meredith didn't even know George existed for the whole first two episodes. I think if I remember correctly, well, she was just like blowing past him. Like he was not really on her radar. Like she wasn't being, you know, intentionally dismissive or rude or anything. She was just like, I have real problems and you are not one of them. Until he was. But yeah, it's just like, I don't know. It's a weird thing that, that I find a little irksome in yeah. most shows where we see it. Unrequited love as a storyline in general is like not my favorite. And I know it's very common. And it's one thing to be like, oh, I have feelings for you. And the other person to be like, I do not feel the same way. But I don't think it's very rarely played like that. It's always like unrequited love and i'm like it's just not does that is that really that common you know you know what show i think did a really really good job of of that was brooklyn nine nine like i'm i'm re-watching it necessarily agree well hold on not i think that the way that they developed the, the story it wasn't an unrequited love it was more so the timing wait who are you talking about I'm talking about Jake and Amy. Oh, okay. Because I think the Charles and Rosa in the early season is like pretty problematic. Oh, no, no. Very problematic. Problematic. Yeah, that was because that was for sure. But like, it's not good. Like, leave her alone. She's being clear. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, the the, the Jake and Amy. Yeah, because that's definitely a timing thing for sure. Yeah. I would prefer if they would just if if the the unrequited love was written more around timing because like even, I just watched the episode where you've seen all of Brooklyn Nine Nine right? I've seen a lot of it. 
there's the like the the couple of episodes where Eva Longoria is a guest star. Yes. And Amy breaks up with uh the boring guy. The boring guy, Teddy. Mhm. And in the episode it's like Jake makes fun of Amy for saying that she may have had feelings at one point and he's like, "No, like we're friends. I get it. Totally. And you could tell that she was starting to have feelings for him and they never left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know. I, anyways, we're going down a rabbit hole here, but I get what you're saying is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Unrequited love. You think they'll sleep together. It's going to be great. He did kiss um, her. He kind of kissed her. Um, <laughs> uh, what? Anything else on their prediction he's gonna take the test eventually and he's gonna pass by one point okay um and i don't know if there was really anything else he was doing in this episode yeah i can't think of yeah uh let's let's talk the patience and then i think we can end with the weber scene we have to also talk callie and erica Oh yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna do that first or you wanna go patience, then Callie, Erica, then Weber? We'll go patience and then them. So um you this thought is... Vincent was gonna live. He did not live. <laughs> yes. I this um, this is still so I... hard for me to keep all there's too many patients. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a lot. And they're all intertwined. Okay, so Vincent is Betty's husband. The one that Christina did the stitches poorly on. Um you thought he was gonna live. And you thought Betty was not going to get her memory right. So 50%. Hey, oh, um, you thought that Philip was going to walk. So correct. You Hey-o. thought that Michael, I think you said, said Michael was going to die, but I don't remember. I'm going to so be honest. wrong. So maybe wrong, maybe right. I don't remember what you said. So, um, you also thought that Anna was stealing Michael and Sarah Beth's money. And that is not the case. <laughs> she was no. just sleeping with him. <laughs> But I did. I was like, he's going to think he was right because she goes, she says, like, her world's about to fall apart and it's all my fault. And I was like, he's going to think that she's stealing their money. Well, I, I don't remember what. Uh, what exactly was going on, but I thought that he was going to try to divorce her and try to end up like remarrying with Anna. Anna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that he just lost his job and didn't want to tell her. So, yeah. Which like. I understand, I guess, especially it's if we don't get a lot of backstory, but my assumption based on the way they present these characters is that we have corporate husbands and corporate wives. So basically I don't, I don't have any reason to believe that the wives have jobs. Um, it to me appears like they uh, are more like on the homemaker front and like maybe they do like the fundraising and it's like quote unquote corporate housewives. Like they, they do, that kind of stuff. Right. They go to these events together and they are friends and they, they have great lives, but um, I don't believe that they work. Um, and I also don't think there's anything wrong with that. Trophy wife goals. Am I right? So same. Uh, excuse me. I have to burp. I'm trying to be a, a trophy husband. I'm trying to let Jessica just <laughs> go and make all the dollar money. Dollar bills. Yeah. Rolling in that. We're rolling in that podcast money. Be that should be my sugar mama. <laughs> Um, thank you to our corporate sponsors (laughs) and your corporate wives. So if I think that being the case, it would make it that much harder to tell someone that you don't have that job anymore. 
if you're the sole breadwinner, um, and again, the situation with like the insurance and the credit cards makes me think that he was the sole breadwinner. And so it was like that much harder for him to like tell her, especially if it kind of, again, this is just me making assumptions because we don't get this information. Uh, to me, it seems like he probably had this job probably most of their marriage. So it's probably pretty tied to his identity. And like, he's really put a lot of time into this job and then, um, they let him go and he doesn't want to tell her. And I'm like, that's a hard conversation. So I understand that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't took a turn though when he had an affair instead. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, in, in general though, I like that there's a reconciliation towards the end, you know, we we go through kind of an up and down this this was hard to watch this episode for a number of reasons so you've got anna and sarah beth who go through like this we're best friends now we're no longer best friends and now we're best friends again mm-hmm. and freaking betty doesn't get her memory back and it's yep. painful painful and it's not even like i have amnesia it's every 30 seconds my brain resets what do you do with that do i mean do, you, just, you have to put you have to go into home there's nothing else to do yeah and her her husband died yes yes so they at the end they're basically every 30 seconds having to tell her her husband died and watch her go through that like horrendous pain every 30 seconds and finally is he's like I got this. And she's like, just watch the door. He's coming around the corner. And I'm like, you know what? Who does that hurt? No one. No one. Until the day where she does, like if she ever did snap out of it, which we're not, I mean, probably not going to happen, but yeah, doesn't really seem like that's how her brain works. Yeah. Brains in general. Also like, come on, can it be at least like 51st dates where they get a whole day, you know? Mm. Yeah. And Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler get a ride off into this this Arctic sunset they on their boat. Sail off into the sunset. Yeah. So that was very sad to watch. And yeah. I do feel for them. And it's tough because that's kind of like the thing that also brought them back, back together. Right. It's like. Yeah, know. I think this is another thing that and I don't have a problem with this the way that I have a problem with unrequited, unrequited love. Um, I just think it's another trope that TV shows do where like people are mad at each other. And then there's like this horrendous event where someone's like really sick or really hurt or dies. And everyone's like, this is going to remind us what matters in life, which like is true. Like not, but it doesn't mean that like the thing that happened was not terrible because it was really terrible. Oh yeah. And I'm like, do we even tell Philip? (laughs) Does Philip ever find out? Hey, you can walk. We have bad. <laughs> Wait, congratulations on walking. You should sit down yeah. for this. You're going to want to walk out of your marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, Vincent or Michael can't tell him. Yeah. It's not going to come from him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. So anyways you Um, you, oh and then the whole thing with alex and the surgery he's like very mad about this surgery like he is like for whatever reason he's like this is the hill i am going to die on today um and then he's like really pissed off and i love how i love the resolution on that i'm like i don't care if this is illegal this is great 
Oh, with uh, the with the losing the insurance and they he was they mad because Bailey back. didn't want to do it before midnight or she yeah. there was a line of I'm not going to prioritize saving money over medicine or something like yeah. that. And that's where I'd be like, um, I want a new doctor. <laughs> yes, I'm like, if you could uh, save money rather than be a good doctor, I would appreciate that. Also, Alex is like, I'm not trying to bankrupt this guy. Yeah. Because we we're, like you're not gonna let me do the surgery. Yeah. And it's true. You like even now, Jessica and I, while it wasn't incredibly expensive comparatively, we're still paying off Marlo's birth. Like, yeah. you know? That was 18 yes, months to ago. Our friends, to our friends in other countries, we have to pay a large amount of money to have our children. Yeah. Even if there are no complications. Yeah. I mean, like, you had to do, yours was surgery, um, but still, it still shouldn't be that much money. Correct. Or any money. <laughs> Should, healthcare is a human right. Right, Bernie Sanders? <laughs> what a concept. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, yes, it's, uh, but you can like, I love the moment where Bailey's like, oh, what time is it? That clock is wrong. Set the clock back. I mean, Alex's face, like you can see it behind his surgical mask. His face just like lights up. You can like see the smile. He's like, yeah, 1158 PM. Woo. What I have to imagine, and I've seen a lot of medical shows. This makes sense. And I'm sure Bailey probably in her head knew that this is something she was going to do the whole time. What does it benefit Alex to just allow him to stew and be pissed off and stomp around and be like, hey, trust me, everything is going to be okay. Instead of. I don't know that she was planning on doing it the whole time, but also I think um, the less you speak about insurance fraud, the better. That's premeditated. (laughs) Well, yeah, but like if you if you just say Alex, it's gonna be okay. Trust me. Do you you think he would, or do you think he would continue to stomp his feet? And it's and be better pissy? than saying I don't give a fuck about what you're pissed off about, Alex. Which is basically what Bailey said. Well, it's Bailey. She's allowed. She is She's like, allowed. Oh, you, That's you not say? in question. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, anyways, it, it is. I'm I'm okay with Alex dying on that hill, though. I don't know yeah. why, but I am okay with it. I think he's just kind of grasping for like being able to help somebody do something because he couldn't help Ava Rebecca. He's like, can I just help a woman, please? Well, it's a man having the surgery, though. Yeah, but he's I think he's helping Sarah Beth because that's who was like crying in front of him being like, who do I call? I mean, yes, he's helping both of them. But that's kind of like that was, in my opinion, who humanized it for him. That makes sense. Well, you know, speaking of Alex, we also get the scene where she's like, why do men cheat? And he's like, well, I mean. Oh, yeah, that was a good scene, too. I don't know. But also, like, just because he has pride doesn't mean that he doesn't love you and he doesn't have all this emotion. Which yeah, he obviously, didn't want you to see him when he was low, which is like I understand. But also, like, if not your partner, then who? Probably no shouldn't one. be someone No else. one. Yeah. <laughs> your partner... That speaks to other issues. If you like, there's one thing to be like, oh, I don't want to disappoint you. And another thing to be like, I cannot tell you things. Yeah. Very different. You should see a mental therapist for that. Yes. As opposed to a physical therapist. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So yeah, that was a good scene. 
Um, and he's, you know, I think he's thinking of Izzy. He's like, oh, obviously, we don't want her to see you when you're weak. Um, who the fuck cares? Then yeah, what else about? Th- okay, so Philip. Yeah, frozen popsicle man. They're gonna they're gonna freeze him. I don't understand how, but it's gonna work. Um, and uh, Callie is done. Uh, I don't know. Um, I believe I read somewhere that this episode starts at like four thirty in the afternoon and ends at two thirty in the morning. So less than twelve hours. So she's done maybe I don't know two hours of research before freezing a human being. This is a time when I'm like. Maybe we could call Owen back in here and be like, hey, can you, can you like help us with this? Yeah. <laughs> it was your idea. Can you uh, bl- b- uh, build us a Humvee operating <laughs> room, please? Yeah. In the desert um, so we could freeze I'm this like, man? Yeah. I'm like, it was just, he seemed to know about it. So maybe he could be brought in as like a, a backup source of information and and for Um, that little amount of time can you really even call what callie did research weber's like in all of your research what would you do right now we're a teaching (sighs) hospital so let's do this you get to run point and bailey's like hell yeah (laughs) no one else has done any research one person in this room knows what to do and they don't even know what to do obviously it presents the very nice moment for han to talk callie down and ground her in the moment and be like it's okay to try new things. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Lesbians, bisexuals. Mirror. Metaphors. Um, so, you know, and it, it ends up working okay. They make Philip walk. Derek is wrong. We love to see it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was just bizarre to me that I was like, this is, again, this is like the clinical trial being, I don't know, five minutes from Meredith deciding to do it to fully enacted. Also, they finally got it right, and then there's no more clinical trial. Yeah, because they, they got s- it right. They solved medicine. They so- <laughs> <laughs> All it took was a bottle of champagne, a weird romance, and a guy with great hair, and we've cured medicine. We fixed yep. it. We got it all. Uh, the best. The best line in all of this is... You, you get the scene where like Derek and, and Hunt start to like throw their dicks at each other and mm-hmm. Hunt's like, I don't take orders from civilians. You should I mean, though. He doesn't. You're in you're in their hospital though. Mm. You don't go here. But it's Derek. It's fair. And then <laughs> the chief, man, when he's like uh or when when uh Derek goes, You aren't number twelve? But this but decision you're acting is like number it. 12. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Settle down, Derek. Everyone's just throwing fits in this episode. And not the fits like the shitty president from Scandal. Yeah. No, no. He does suck. Um, yeah, I think that was it on the patient side, right? Well, you get uh, the only other thing that I could think of is <laughs> I just... <laughs> The the Sarah Beth and Anna. Oh, yeah. When she actually tells her, I guess that's yeah. important. <laughs> 50 years they've been friends mm-hmm. and you cheat on the husband or cheat. You, you, you cheat. You, like, I, I just <laughs> I can't imagine that. I don't understand. Yeah. I also just don't get cheating. I don't understand it. I've yeah. never cheated on anyone. 
and I've seen, I guess probably there's some, some deep seated trauma that I should work through because I've seen my dad cheat on my mom, but, mm-hmm. uh, I'm healed. It's okay. Yeah, it's great. Everything's fine. <laughs> but 50 years That's, and you I mean, cheat? that was Meredith's whole point last episode was like, yeah. what does it matter? Like there's nothing, it? yeah. it's not about the time. It's about the person. Um, I think it's easy to pass judgment on fictional characters. And I think I just try and say like, yes, cheating is wrong. Like it's not a gray area. Broad cheating strokes. is wrong. Yeah. Um, but like, I also don't think affairs ever happen in a vacuum. Like I think there's always, again, other problems and that does not ever mean that like the, you know, if like it's not Sarah Beth's fault that Michael is cheating. Like if Michael has issues in their relationship, then you, you bring them forward, you work on them together. Um, you don't say like, Oh, well you make me feel this way. You have to communicate that you have to tell the other person, like there's a lot of other things that happen. Right. But like, I think Bailey said something about like, um, Oh, with like the George and Callie thing. It was like, you know, it's not people. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's, Cheating is wrong, but it also never happens in a vacuum. There's always it, other uh, factors. The, the saying, it takes two to tango. Mm-hmm. But it also, it takes two to make a thing go right. Yeah. Um, it takes two to make it out of sight. Um. So, yeah, it's just like, it's very weird to me with like such a long standing friendship. Um, because you're not just cheating on your spouse. You're like really hurting your best friend, which to me is like really also like a problematic. Yeah. (laughs) Very problematic. I don't want to say unforgivable because like clearly they forgive each other, but like for some people it would probably be unforgivable. Yeah. It's truly, if I, if I was trying to think of it in like our lives, it would be, If it's like I can't even picture it. I can't I can't even picture it. If <laughs> anyone within like, our friendship no group cheated on each other. No, right. <laughs> there are other things we would do in a pool. <laughs> but you know, that's it. That's yeah, it. It's just Yeah, it's it's kind of unfathomable for some people, obviously. It I'm not gonna say it doesn't happen, but um but then she just goes and kisses her husband at the end she just goes and it's it's forgiven again yeah that's what i'm saying like the trope of like oh someone almost died someone's sick it reminded me like what's important in life and like i did like the scene where they like fight and then izzy and meredith are like apologize and forgive each other because cute that was cute this is what matters in life like it's a reminder of what's important um but also they they didn't cheat on anyone it was yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i'm saying like they're like our problems are stupid yeah (laughs) yeah we can get over our shit because these, these people have real problems. So yeah, that was all the notes I had for them. It was, uh, it was an interesting resolution to some of these scenes. Also, when I was watching this episode, Jessica was like, Oh man, this episode. And I was like, okay, all right, let's want to go down. It was kind of anticlimactic in a lot of ways. You know, it, it, Vince, Vincent dies. Michael lives. Philip lives. Philip walks. That was dramatic, I guess. Yeah. So anyways, uh, Erica and Callie. Yes. Love it. Yes. That's the resolution you were wanting in last episode. And again, this did air together. So 
does make it does make last episode better. Yeah. And I like the confidence of Callie just walking up to her and being like, this is the situation. Like, I'm in a weird spot and I don't know how to deal with it. But like, I, I, I love communication. I love to see open communication in a relationship. Yes. And that's what this is. You know, it's hard to talk about sometimes, um, especially in this kind of situation where you're like, is it a relationship? What are we doing? They don't know. They have to figure it out. Um, and sometimes that can make it that much more daunting to like have the conversation. Um, so we love to see it. I love, I love to see it. My, my favorite part about this storyline, and this is the kind of writing that a, an <laughs> AI would not think of is it's both of their first times having any of these feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, my heart stopped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I love love. Yes. And they're both sitting there like, I've never kissed a girl before. I don't know what's happening. And then Han is like, Me too. What? Yeah. This is so crazy. We're like virgins. Ah, oh my yeah. gosh. And it's, it's great. And I love it. And they're just kind of like, okay, well, let's figure this out together. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cute. And like, I'm rooting for them. I don't know what's going to happen, but I guarantee you there'll be a threesome and Mark's going to be involved. <laughs> My official prediction. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, it's, it's a really good scene and it's, it's leading up to, she's like, I'm not an experimenter, blah, blah, blah. And Han's like, Oh, 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 okay. It's all coming <laughs> to me. I get it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I liked that resolution a lot at least. Cause at least it's not this, the continued avoidance. But it's also not just like, oh, we can just go right into this like it's no big deal. Because I do think it's worth addressing. Like, neither of them have dated any uh, women before. They've only ever dated men. So that's I uh, that's an adjustment. That's like a finding your identity kind of thing. Um, so I think it deserves its its own moment. And I appreciate that it was given. And finding your identity is significantly harder than finding Nemo. Oh, my God. That is all we listen to is the Nemo musical. Scarlett is so obsessed with finding Nemo the musical. I am not exaggerating. Where's Minimum my five dad? times a day. I literally told Michael, I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to get something from this tattooed on me because it's the only thing that's in my brain. Cause it's the only, it's always on. We're always listening to it. I'm not fish mad about it. Friends, I can't wait friends, to take her friends. and watch it. But like, not food. <laughs> um are we doing that in october we have to right yeah i think we're gonna go down sooner than october (laughs) sorry and this has been the season finale (laughs) the the show that was built on friendship is now ending on betrayal i'm not gonna apologize I don't actually want you to apologize. I get it. Um, that makes sense. But Marla so, will yeah. lose her fucking mind in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. I think she'll so be tall enough to ride uh, Expedition Everest by then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just got to um, give her some broccoli. I just got to put a bag of Skittles in her shoes. Yeah. Anyways. So I, I like the the resolution of Callie and Han. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to what they have going forward. Any other thoughts that you have before we tackle the the the, the finale of of Weber's big dick um, speech? No, I don't think so. I think that's that's all worth discussing. 
So what are your thoughts on Weber? Why don't you kick us off here then? Because there's a couple I, of things, there's a couple of scenes worth talking about here with Weber in this episode. Um, I definitely, um, I mean, I, I like where I like the end scene. I'm like, good. He sees that there are flaws, but what I think I like the best is, uh, coming. I think you can relate to this coming from places where sometimes leadership is, uh, garbage. It's nice to see someone be like, if this is on me, you didn't fail. We failed. I'm like, yeah, this is a good leader. Sign Someone leader. who recognizes that it's on him. And he even says, um, like when, ta- when he's talking to Derek, he's like, it's because Meredith is here, which is stupid. That's a stupid reason, but whatever. Um, so, and then like the scene where he's like screaming at Meredith and Derek is like, can you not, can you just not do that? Please? Yeah. <laughs> it, it starts this kind of arc with, him saying I'm soft because Meredith Gray is here and I fucked her mom. So now I don't know how to be a chief resident or chief uh, of surgery anymore. And then he yells at her. He's like, you don't know how to do anything. Fucking none of you do. And Derek is like, "Um, sorry, sir, shut the fuck up and walk away. You're good. He's like, I ask you to do one thing. (laughs) And Um, it's savage. And then he circles back. He doesn't ever apologize to Meredith, which he should. Uh, But, yeah, the end scene is good. It's uh, he says we used to be number one, and overnight we got old and sloppy, resting on our laurels. Shout out Walt Disney, failing, and I let it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have failed because of shoddy teaching, and shoddy teaching makes shoddy surgeons. But then he ends with the consider yourself on notice, mm-hmm. which is a good. I like that for a number of reasons as, as a leader of, of people myself, you can say I <laughs> fucked up, but I'm fixing this. So if you yeah. don't contribute to fixing this, you will be gone. Yeah. Respect. People. Yeah. I also like, um, as though blood from the heart doesn't make its way through the entire body or the nerves don't travel yeah, past the brainstem. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and also when I was reading the blog, Shonda was like, his speech is what I'm doing for season five. He's like, he's like, we're, we as writers are on notice. Like, we are raising our own bar. And I'm like, oh, I love her. I love her so much. When, when did she leave as the executive showrunner? <sighs> Way later. So, like, basically when everyone stops watching like the show? 15 or six. No. After. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, because I would say the majority of people stuck around through season 10. Um, and then there was, a, I would say that's probably when there's the first major, major drop. Um, and then it probably is kind of more just like a slope past then. Interesting. Now, I, I, this is a rhetorical question, but this is just me asking because these are things I think about. I know that a lot of shows, they have this writing of a finale and then they get extended, right? But they're, they, they create a resolution yeah. and then they have to figure out how to undo their resolution. Scrubs did that, unfortunately, because they were going to do a spinoff and said, screw it. We're not doing a spinoff. We're doing another season. And they concluded the show and then they did a season eight or nine. 
My thought is, did Shonda, my question, a rhetorical question, did Shonda come up with a, 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 a show finality moment that they then said, no, I guess we're going to keep going with this. And is that what led to it? Was it around season 10? Because everyone that I know who, who watches the show, who has watched the show was like, yeah, season, season eight, nine or 10 is when I stopped watching. So I'm wondering in my head, if was there some sort of finality piece that she wrote and then it got picked up on, I don't know, the other network or was it around the time that Disney bought it and it changed hands? I don't know. These are things that I haven't done research. ABC since like the nineties. But was this always on ABC? Yeah, this has only ever been on ABC. Okay, okay. But these are things that go through my head because I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen a downward dip in writing. I've seen only like the the the, the, the episodes that I've seen here, that episode that I gave a five because I really, really liked it, but you, you mm-hmm. didn't agree with me. These episodes are are good and I'm having a good time with it when the bear, the bear attacked. Uh, yeah. It's just... I don't know. I haven't seen the dip yet, and I'm wondering when it's going to come, and I'm wondering how we navigate that, but I'm wondering if there was a totality kind of moment that was negated. Did that attribute to it? Things like that. So Yeah. I see what you're saying. Anyways. Supernatural was one that did that, and it's they should have stopped. They should have stopped. Supernatural a lot of shows do having it. like 18 seasons or something. But um, well, with Supernatural, there's like definitely an overarching theme throughout several seasons. And they were, it was one of those where they were like, we're going to wrap this up. So they knew going into it, like we're going to end at season five and they end it really, really well. And then everyone was like, this show has a really good numbers. And so they were like, we'll just keep going. And you can tell that it's just like flailing after that. But I mean, those, those people, For 13 probably, more seasons, I'm going to get us canceled by saying this because I'm, I've watched a lot of that show and I enjoy it, but like, it's just different after that. Um, <laughs> but those, those fans are, they're diehard. It's like a little, it's like a little baby cult and that's fine. It's a good show. I enjoyed it. It's good times. If we ever get through Grey's or we make this our full-time job, I, I want you to know that I don't know a single fucking thing about Supernatural that I know. I, I would do that show as a rewatch because you, I, that's one wouldn't. of those. It's no? scary. Oh, there are scary things in it. Oh, there are episodes where I'm like, I cannot watch this. It's too scary. Michael was like, we have to sleep with the lights on now. Really? <laughs> yes. There are scary things. You would not like it. Scary than like, like scary things. Th- like than the grudge? Yes. Scarier than the grudge? Yes. And oh. it's every episode. Man. I guess I really didn't know what supernatural was about. <laughs> it's about supernatural things. What's like the show? Demons. Man. Was and like the- mythical legends and like cryptids like Bloody Mary. Oh, Michael like man. hates mirrors now specifically because of that show, man. Like every time I'm like, I think I'm going to buy a mirror. And he's like, no, don't buy a mirror. And I'm like, can you help me hang this mirror? He's like, no, I can't. I don't like mirrors. <laughs> would it be, would, should we just do it for the content? I mean, you'll be afraid, but we can do it. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those ones where I would need to like, I'm going to pick it. the scariest episode and make you watch it. And if you can get through that, then we'll do the rest of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> That sounds like a terrible place to start. That sounds like Patreon <laughs> content is you and me watching it together and me just going, ah, <laughs> Carmen's a scaredy cat. Y'all. I mean, I don't really like scary movies either. I'm more of like a, the psychological thriller than like a scary movie person. But uh, yeah, Carmen really, really hates scary things. Deeply. Carmen Deeply. is like really afraid of ghosts. 
I listen. So uh, this will be the last thing I talk about here. And then I think we can wrap this up. But uh, at work, they, they apparently there actually is parts of the store that's haunted and or like there. I don't know. Apparently, one of these college students did a Ouija board and it like did a thing. And I'm like, I don't. I said this. I, I don't I don't fucks with ghosts. I do not yeah. leave leave that shit. I, if I moved into a house, it could be the dream house. If it's haunted, I'm out. I'm done. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I'm just like, I mean, whatever. They can't kill me. Yes, they can. When has that ever happened? The grudge killed how many people? That's not a ghost. What is it then? That's like a demon. Oh. <laughs> See, I don't fucks with either of them. They both are scary. Demons and ghosts, there's no difference to me. They I hate them and I'm don't I don't mess with them. Yeah. Or like Insidious. That was a scary <laughs> one. I didn't watch that. Yeah. Although you I know will what say- you really would no, I would actually love to watch you watch Haunting of Hill House because that shit I was sleeping with the lights on for like a week. That show is scary, but it's so good. Like the quality of that show is above and beyond. Like it's incredible acting, incredible writing. That show is so fucking good and it is terrifying. And there are jump scares in that one. It's, I don't like it. I mean, I love it. It's so good, but like, no, you would die. You would stop living. (laughs) I would be deceased. I would become the demon ghost. You would simply not be alive. Yeah, I would, I really would have to think long and hard on that. I mean, here's the thing. If we're, if people, if, listen, there is a price that I will do anything for and watching scary movies, there's a price. I, I, I watched the ring for $10. So what did you do? What did you live stream for dude thoughts? Was that insidious? It was insidious. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Insidious was actually good. Because halfway through the movie, it was just the horror version of Interstellar. Okay, well there you go. But then they showed the like I I uh, I made the mistake. They introduced the like the villain for the next movie, this the next Insidious chapter at the mm-hmm. end, and I googled a picture of it, and oh, I'm getting goosebumps <laughs> just thinking about it. It's terrifying. <laughs> like, that's what I do. I Google the pictures of the villains of the scary movie, like the ghost demon guys, and they're terrifying. One time there was just a a, a demon thing in a corner of a room and uh, above someone's bed. What the fuck? Oh, yeah, I don't... You would not like Hill House if you didn't like that. Oh, my gosh. And it was like one of those things where you had to like strain to see it at first. But once you saw it, you couldn't unsee it. I, I yeah, no, I don't. I don't do that. I'm, I'm, okay, I'm actually... so let's rank the episode. It's a <laughs> four for me. Same. I was but, like, it's good. The wrap up of it makes it a lot better than last episode. I want you to know that I forgot that we hadn't ranked these, these episodes. And, <laughs> and I realized that it's also 1140 at night for you. So I'm so sorry. It's fine. I had a lot of caffeine in anticipation of us doing this. Um, yes. So, uh, yeah. Um, what about as a series, as a, as, a, as an arc, two episode combo? What, do you, what would you rank it? I think like four point two. I actually think for me, I'm going down as a two part episode. Okay. I don't remember what I rate. What I ranked the last one? I think I we th- didn't. We did. We did three. Was it? Yeah. It was just just an episode of Grace. I think for me, because last episode was less good and this like was better. I think that makes it overall better it just ties up so much um 
Yeah. And so I, I like the resolution that we see and everything makes sense. And I like the growth. The only thing that like, again, I didn't really care for was the Lexi George thing, but like, whatever. Yeah. Um. Also the moment where, was it this episode when she's like talking to Mark and he, and she's like, what if he doesn't like me back? I think that was, was that last episode. episode. That was last episode. And he's like, Oh, well then he's an idiot. Um, so Mark can be nice. Oh, and then Mark like listens to her give Michael the pep talk. That was nice. Um, yeah. But yeah. Um, For me, I'm giving the the two series, the two series, the two episode arc a 3.9. So just, it dips a little bit. Yeah. For for me, there wasn't a lot of drama in, there was drama, but it wasn't mm-hmm. medical drama. Yeah. You know, and let me clarify. When I say medical drama, the 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 ice thing working that was medical drama. I get it. I'm not going to discredit that. That was a good overall scene, and it was a vessel for growth. Was stabbed with an icicle. That was dramatic. <laughs> that was dramatic. Yes, she um, lived. But she's no, I fine. I understand what you're saying. I think there's different because drama in season openers are like this is a taste of what's to come versus drama in season finales. It's like. <laughs> We're going to explode it all. Um, and so there's, there's just a different, they're, they're both more dramatic than regular episodes, but different kinds of drama, different, different levels of stakes, I guess. Yeah. Um, is a good way to put it. So then predictions, uh, predict, you said George and Lexi will have sex in three episodes. Callie and Han are going to have a threesome. Yes, but they're going to have sex with each other first. Okay, do you tell me when for both? I think season five, episode five. I think that season five, episode five is just going to be a porn the episode. The sexcapode. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Christina and just anything. Uh, well, apparently Hunt is going to be in these episodes again. He's going to be back. So. Well, you said they were going to have sex and they did not. They will have sex in season five, episode five. No, no, I, I, I don't think that Hunt and Christina are going to have sex. Uh, I, even if he's back, I think that this is exactly what Christina needed to like. She's going to find love. Her. She's going to find love somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's not going to be Hunt. Okay. Also, Alex and Izzy are really pissing me off, so I'm officially predicting that they never have sex. Okay. Um, anything else? Uh, Derek and Meredith just gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy them for a little bit. Just keep on being in a relationship. Yeah. Um, Ooh, what do you think the chief is going to do that changes everything? He's gotta, he's gotta bring someone else in, right? Like he's gotta bring in. I don't know. There's going to be some kind of accountability, but I don't know if that's in the form of a person. If that's in like a, he's going to have to fire someone. Like he has to make an example out of someone. And also does that change the fact that he was giving George the chance to retake the test? Like, is that going to be seen as soft now? Does he go back on letting him do the test? I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know, but I don't, I don't know what accountability looks like in, in this new Weber era. Yeah. Uh, we haven't seen much accountability prior. So anyway, um, 
Yeah. Okay. Well, cool. I think that's it for predictions. So thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure you share us with your friends, with your family. Um, leave us those reviews. If you have a minute, you can email us graceacademypod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at graceacademypod. Also graceacademypod on the Twitters. I have uh, not tweeted again, so sorry. <laughs> Just been vibing. Um, and then remember, if you see Carmen walking down the street, Take a selfie. Follow me on Twitter. And by me, I mean actually the podcast. Follow us all on Instagram. And always remember, no spoilies. We appreciate you. And we will see you all in the next one.